You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach talking Toronto Blue Jays with MLB.com's Blue Jays beat reporter, Gregor Chisholm. Gregor, once again, the Blue Jays have some upheaval in the ninth inning. Uh, Once again, Brett Cecil is out. Um, Once again, it seems unclear what exactly they're going to do in the interim. Uh, How do you think this goes, first of all, in the short term? How how are they going to handle this? Yeah, and the short term is is the one to be concerned about for sure because I think it's it's probably inevitable that this team eventually does make a move uh, before the deadline. But, you know, it's going to be a little while before that happens. So, you know, I think this is really a situation where you're going to see a bit of a closer-by-committee approach, and that's something that John Gibbons, the manager, doesn't really like to do. Uh, But it's kind of a situation he's been forced into right now, and and that's really because – you know, the only reliable guy that they've had down there consistently day-to-day has been Roberto Osuna, and he's just been so valuable in a middle-release setup type role as well that they can't really afford to completely lose him in that role. There are going to be times when he's needed to come in in the seventh or eighth inning and, and do the job then. You might see some situations as well where he gets some two-inning saves and then won't be available the next day. So I, I think it's going to be a mixture between Osuna and, and Steve Delabar. I think Osuna will get the majority of the chances. Um, but this is a situation right now where the Blue Jays don't really have an official closer. They're going to try and piece some things together here over the next few weeks. So you've just kind of teed up one of my favorite topics here. And it's so weird when clubs get to this, when, when particularly a, a pretty traditional guy like John Gibbons gets to this point where He's acknowledging that this guy is so good that they may need him for situations other than the ninth inning, and yet they still build this closer-centric bullpen. Is there any? I mean, does does it even occur to him this sort of disconnect here? I guess what I'm asking is: Is there any chance that the Blue Jays, because of this realization, get anywhere closer to a non-closer-centric bullpen where they say, "Hey, this guy's our best reliever. Maybe we should use him at the biggest moment and just worry about the ninth in another way." Yeah, and it's certainly an interesting topic and one that, you know, that kind of goes back to the beginning of the season for the Jays because, you know, going into this year, they didn't have that, you know, clear-cut veteran ninth-inning guy who you have to put in the ninth inning because that's the role that he's paid to do and and that's the one that he expects to have. They didn't have that going into this year. And, you know, even when Brett Cecil was going well, you could certainly make the case that there were times when he would have been needed in the seventh or eighth inning and Roberto Osuna the same thing and, and Miguel Castro before his struggles. Um, so there was, you know, there were people lobbying for that approach from day one. The the counter that that Gibbons has is the one that you know a lot of traditional managers do have as well, which is he likes to have his guys in roles so that they have a better idea of what to expect. That's kind of why he doesn't like to have this, um, you know, closer by committee approach because it takes a little bit away from that uncertainty. So I think ideally he would like to get back to that, but with the personnel that the Jays have right now. It's just not really possible to do that either. And, you know, it could be a situation where the Blue Jays eventually do end up grabbing that, um, you know, that ninth inning guy via trade before the deadline. But you could probably still easily make the case that no matter who that is that's coming in, Roberto Osuna might be a guy who 
you know, has, has a bit better of a success rate than that person as well. So you could be in a situation where you are actually still using your better reliever when you need him in the seventh or eighth, as opposed to just strictly holding onto him for the ninth. But it is an interesting argument and one that's probably not going to go away anytime soon, especially based on who the Jays have in the fold right now. And this leads into uh, another question. There's a lot tied up into here because the Blue Jays are such an interesting team because there's so many things going well and so many things simultaneously that could be better. And one of the things that has been talked about uh, is is regarding Aaron Sanchez. And and for the moment, it appears that the rotation has kind of stabilized. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to expect Marco Estrada to continue taking no-hitters deep into games, but... More or less, the rotation seems good enough right now. And so uh, is there any – Is there? I know there's some thought. Are they getting closer to this idea that maybe at least in the short term when Aaron Sanchez comes back, he goes to the bullpen and becomes a piece there? I, I think that is a legitimate possibility, and, and it's something that, you know, it's been an ongoing conversation really through this entire year. Where is he best served? Do the Blue Jays need him more in the bullpen or do they need him in the rotation? There was a long time where I thought what Aaron Sanchez would probably be best suited um, in the bullpen to, to really help solidify things. My opinion did kind of change over that final month uh, before he got hurt, and simply just because, to me, he was the Blue Jays' best starter for about a four-week span. You know, the, the walks were a huge concern early on in the year, but we saw a constant progression in that, and he really seemed to figure a lot of things out. The number of walks were going down with each start. And I just think that he's got the highest ceiling of, of anyone that they have in that rotation. And you kind of almost have to let that play out a little bit and see how he comes back from that injury. And they're not going to start him unless he's completely healthy and they think that the innings isn't going to be a concern for him. But if he can get over that hump uh, over the next few weeks, you know, I, I think they almost – you know, have to just kind of put him back in that role and see if he's able to pick up where he left off. Now, if he has any kind of struggles in the rotation, then to me, a great fallback is then slotting him into that bullpen uh, because, you know, this is a team that probably needs not just one guy down there, but they need a couple. So even if you're adding, uh, you know, a, a bullpen arm before the deadline, you could easily make the case that they need someone else and Sanchez could be that guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about maybe you have a bona fide closer and then you also have Osuna and Sanchez. Uh, at your availability to go along with guys like uh, Brett Cecil and Aaron Loop, and, and you're talking about a bullpen that's going from a major weakness into a possible strength, and it could be that easy. But to me, I think, you know, you can't necessarily count on Estrada to keep going at his current pace. Um, so if you're going to replace Sanchez with somebody else in the rotation, then I think that means that the Jays have to go outside the organization to add that extra arm to, to take his spot in the rotation long term. So where do they go to do that? Because you know part of the problem here, uh, Francisco Rodriguez is a name that's come up a lot, but his contract is not very friendly. It's it's, it's pretty heavily backloaded. Jonathan Papelbon probably has some significant commitment beyond this year as well. So these guys who are the obvious names, this club, and we've talked about this before, there, there is some question about uh, how much of a fina- additional, I should say, because there, there is significant financial commitment to this club, but how much of an additional financial commitment they are able and willing to make right now. So are those guys on the table, and if not, where else do they look to, to make those additions to a bullpen that needs help? Yeah, and to me, Rodriguez probably makes the most sense because some of that money is deferred as well. So there is a huge commitment to him after this year. Uh, but I think just the way the Blue Jays are focusing right now, I think they're mostly concerned about the money that would be on the books for this season. And, and certainly Jonathan Papelbon still, even though you're talking about getting a guy midway through the year, he's still 
uh, a pretty big commitment left on, on that dollar. And you know, the Blue Jays do have a limited amount of money to spend, and, and they're looking to get a couple of pieces with that available cash, and they don't want to burn it all on one guy. I think it would be a disappointment for Anthopoulos if he came away from the deadline and all he got uh, was a guy like Papelbon and nothing else. And, and so, you know, things can change with that. You know, Philadelphia, if, if they're willing to eat some money, then that, that kind of puts them in the, into the mix as well. Um, but the fact that, you know, Rodriguez does have a, a big figure owed after this year could work in their favor a little bit because the Blue Jays also do have a lot of money coming off the books. And while they backloaded some deals like Russell Martin, even though Jose Reyes' contract was heavily backloaded when he signed that in Miami, uh, there is some flexibility after this year. And so that could be one way of getting, uh, you know, around the payroll uh, parameters that they have set in place for this year in order to try and make a run. And then one other thing before we let you go, just want to talk about uh, the other impending breaking news, I guess not breaking, the other immediate news regarding the Blue Jays, which is the return of Devin Travis. Um, and, and look, you, you can't, you can make more mistakes looking at a week or two of stats than, than you can get things right. But Travis didn't really hit much uh, on his minor league rehab assignment. Is there any level of concern about how he's going to perform upon his return, or do they just think, look, if that happens, it's a small number of bats, don't worry about it? I think there's a little bit of concern there, and I think that's why um, you know his rehab went a little bit longer than originally anticipated. I mean, originally they were talking about you know bringing him back towards the end of last week, and they really maximized the amount of time he could take on his rehab just because the timing wasn't there. And I mean, this is a guy who who missed an awful lot of time, so I think you have to you know hold your expectations in check just a little bit. Uh, for him to kind of settle back into into a bit of a routine. And certainly, and while the numbers weren't there in the minors, you can't really expect him to be there in, in the majors right off the bat as well. Um, you know, he's also coming into a situation, it's a little bit tough for him because now the expectations overall from the fan base and probably from his teammates as well are higher than they were going into this year. I mean, this isn't someone who, you know, was supposed to provide that much value with the bat as he did in, in, in April. Um, he was, you know, arguably the team's best hitter for, for a long stretch of time uh, outside of Josh Donaldson. So, uh, you know, but the, he's, he's an upgrade over Ryan Goins. Ryan Goins did a solid job while filling in, but he's mostly a glove-first type guy. So really, no matter what kind of production you're going to get out of Travis, it should be better than what they got out of Goins. And, and the fact that you're now adding a piece to a lineup that's already been the best in baseball for a long stretch now is, is good news overall for the team. All right, well... Gregor Chisholm, thanks for taking this time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.